0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life and Limb podcast. My name is Chuck Anderson. This is episode fifteen, and uh, the music at the beginning of the show and a couple times that you'll hear throughout is the song "Life and Limb" by Fugazi. Uh, the song is used with permission. Thank you, as always, to Ian MacKay, Fugazi, for the use of that song. Um, fifteen episodes. It's, uh feels like a little milestone. Nice round number to be proud of, I guess. I never knew uh, what would what would happen and transpire with this show uh, if I would get you know four episodes in and get bored or if I would uh, have fun with it still and and lo and behold, I am still having fun with it especially so when I uh, have a chance to do one of these live and in person um, with with the uh, guest and today uh, I'm joined uh, live, here. Um, not, this wasn't recorded live and like broadcast live or anything, but I was joined live by Jake Nickel of Threadless. Um, the last live one I did was with David Allen, tattoo artist here in Chicago. And just kind of figure as long as I'm doing interviews with people in Chicago and, uh, they're, you know, <laughs> within a couple miles of me, I should invite him over and do it here. So, uh, it was really great to have Jake over and, uh, go grab a beer after, after we did the interview, kind of made the experience that much better for me and for him, hopefully. (laughs) Jake, you can let me know if it was a fun experience for you. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Jake. Now my story with Jake, and I'll talk a little bit about this with Jake in the interview, but um, I was hired by Threadless um, nearly 10 years ago now, uh, maybe a little more. Um, When I was out of high school, I was working at a bookstore and then I worked at a screen printer for a little while. And eventually I got, uh, kind of bored at the screen printers slash. They didn't have a whole lot of work. Uh, and, um, I asked Jake cuz I had, one of my shirts had one on Threadless and this again 10 years ago so a long long time ago. So they knew who I was. I asked Jake if there was any opportunities to go work at Threadless because I simply just wanted to be around a creative environment and Jake um, even though I didn't have anything to offer from a creative standpoint really to them at the time said if I wanted to come in and pack t-shirts that I could do that. So that's exactly what I did. I drove my Geo Tracker from the Chicago suburbs up to North uh, north, the north side of Chicago to where Threadless was located at the time and I would pack t-shirts and I did that for for several months and um, became um, good friends with Jake and Jeffrey Kalmakoff and a couple of other guys that worked there at the time and um, so I've known them for a really long time and to really talk in depth more with Jake about what he's created with Threadless And uh, all the other projects that he's had a hand in over the years was really inspiring to me personally, just because I've known all this stuff, but it was really cool to kind of dig in and ask some more questions about things that I was interested in and hear about the success stories, hear about the failures, hear about what they learned from both of those types of things. And, and um, yeah, so this one was just, you know, really felt like a cool personal story tie in for me. Um, But Threadless has also become so huge and, and somewhat ubiquitous in the design world and, and, and on the internet, um, that throughout this has really been a part of a lot of people's lives or some of their events or people that, uh, you know, um, have gotten involved in some of their other endeavors over the years. It's just, they've, they've had a lot of impact in, in a lot of different ways. And so to talk to Jake, you know, again, just the person kind of at the head of it all, um, was really great. So, um, yeah, so we're going to get right into it here. Uh, if you, uh, want to check out the website? Check out some past episodes. It's lifeandlimb.com. You can follow along on Twitter at lifeandlimb. And uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, that would also be awesome. You can uh, find it on there pretty easily. Just search life and limb and uh, leave a review. Leave a nice, leave a nice review if you like the show uh, and a couple, a couple stars. Do that. It would be awesome. Um, I don't know why I don't get anything. For it but it's always nice to see the show get some support but anyways without further ado my conversation with jake nickel here on life and limb please enjoy all right <laughs> i am joined today by jake nickel of threadless jake is with me live here in chicago what's up jake
1: What's going on, Chuck? Thanks Uh, for having
0: me. Yeah, for sure. Second live one I've done, and Jake and I were just talking about doing these live, and if I'm going to interview people in Chicago, then it feels kind of weird to not invite them over and do it here in person, so that's what we're doing, and uh, hopefully (laughs) it goes well. The last one I did was with David Allen, and that was really nice because there's no Skype audio quality issues, and so it's good to just have someone come over and hang out for a little bit, so...
1: Yeah, I've listened to every single episode you've recorded so far. Oh, really? Actually. Nice. Yeah. So I
0: appreciate. It. So you know the. Uh, you it's know fun the, hearing the them tone. live. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they've been fun. they've been a lot of fun to do. Um, and uh, again, just when someone's in Chicago or in town or whatever, it's cool to be able to just be like, "Hey, come over here. Let's do them here." Um, you guys did a little sort of was it a podcast at one point in at Threadless? Or yeah, like?
1: Charlie Festa did a podcast yeah. at Threadless for a little while. Yeah, um, it was really fun. What it was, was it called? It was called uh, Skinny something, because I think it was a nod to like the Skinny Corp. It might have just been
0: Skinny Corp podcast or something real original. Um, And uh, do you guys still do that or no?
1: No, we haven't done that in a while.
0: I didn't think so. but
1: But we shoot videos a lot and post those up.
0: You guys do a lot of, a lot of things. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> definitely get into all that stuff. Um, but first for anybody who might not know, and and I was talking to Jake right before this, like, you know, everyone I've talked to has done a lot of interviews, but I think you might be the person who's done probably the most interviews or have been the most like, you know, tell us about the, you know, crowdsourcing and Threadless and all that stuff. And I know it can get kind of old after a while. Um, But uh, just kind of in a nutshell, you know, tell me and um, kind of uh, for people who might not know, just kind of the basic um, nutshell version of what Threadless is right now and kind of where you're at with it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So Threadless is a website. It's threadless.com and you go to it in your computer And it. People, artists all around the world uh, submit designs on the site and then they get voted on by our users. And the best designs we print-on products, mostly T-shirts. So then customers come on and buy those.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's taken off in the art world, it's taken off in the design world, and just the internet in general, and it's really just, you know, in fashion and clothing and stuff, and it's just really become sort of this ubiquitous, like, t-shirt thing that you just sort of see everywhere.
1: Yeah, and I started it 14 years ago, so it wasn't like a overnight success type thing, but yeah, yeah, it slowly kind of built up. Yeah,
0: so let's start kind of back there, um, and early days with that, so kind of with that said, and now doing some, like, sort of flashback um did you grow up as a like creative type Did you kind of grow up in a creative family i know you grew up in a military family but was there also like some creativity happening there at all with siblings or parents
1: well yeah i mean i lived on army bases and stuff and i think the the most creativity that happened is more like we were just a really adventurous family like we went out and um camped a lot and we would, you know, like build shelters and like, you know, the
0: opposite of my group, my child.
1: (laughs) So it was like creating things, but not like design or art necessarily, but really like getting our hands dirty. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it was just always like being active and doing things. Yeah. And it was later that you sort of honed that into sort of the stuff you're doing now. Um, So uh, your school experience though, I know you went, so you went to Illinois Institute of Art Yeah,
1: I went to the Schaumburg campus for a little bit, which is literally like a building in the mall parking I know,
0: I've I've (laughs) spoken there once before, um, actually with uh, Dawn from Firebelly here in Chicago. Yeah, her and I, and I can't remember who else, but spoke there. And I remember getting there and being like, oh, all right. Yeah, it was uh, weird. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a good group of people and like good school, but yeah, it's in the middle of like Mallville. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: then I transferred to the Chicago campus after like my first year. Mm-hmm. So, and I moved up actually just a few blocks from where we are right now. Oh, okay. And then we're this, in
0: Andersonville in Chicago, by the way, which is North side of Chicago. So you were in Uptown or?
1: I was in, I was at like uh, Broadway and Malden. Okay. Which is kind of, yeah, more like Uptown. Okay. I remember my, the red line stop that I would take into the city was like the most dangerous Super red line. Stuff in yeah, the city. well,
0: especially back then. Like now, I feel yeah. like you got to venture pretty far from here to feel unsafe because it's really yeah, come it's a long way. Lot. But yeah, 15 years ago, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, okay, so your experience at school didn't end with an MBA or with, well, obviously from Illinois Institute of Art, I wouldn't have, but you didn't get like a, you didn't finish, right? You dropped right. out at one point? I dropped
1: out my um, junior year. Okay. This and was then, like a year after starting Threadless. Yeah,
0: so that was in the midst, though, of realizing that you needed to devote your time to Threadless.
1: Yeah, when I dropped out, it was I had just hired my first employee, mm-hmm. Craig Shamala, who still yep. works yeah. there. Yeah, and he—if yeah, uh, you've ever
0: been on Threadless's website, you've definitely seen Craig. Yeah, and if you use Instagram, you might have seen him too because he's been doing some amazing photography in his own right. He's lately. got his
1: like uh, another Instagram account called uh, Time Lapse Chicago. Yeah, it's amazing. It. Yep. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. And, but anyway, he, I hired him and it was like, should I be going to school and working this job mm-hmm. or should I be managing my employees? Right, right, right. <laughs> so that's when I quit, but I did look into like testing out of some classes cause I only had about 10 courses left.
0: So what was the, what were the classes and like, what was your focus there?
1: Well, my degree was multimedia web design. Okay. So a lot of the classes too were like flash and director. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was learning like flash five while using the flash six at um work yeah you know so i was learning like older technology than mm-hmm. i was using in my job um so i was frustrated too at school but mm-hmm. uh then and this it,
0: is again 2000 um this this would
1: be like 2002 okay yeah. okay and i noticed you have a friends of ed book on your show oh yeah
0: that was a huge yeah i do well yeah, that, that was that the one of photoshop book was pretty <laughs> yeah. pivotal for me i looked at that in high school like nonstop.
1: Well, I got invited by them to write a chapter on a a, a book about flash action scripting. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, this was like while I was a sophomore in college and I wrote this chapter. And one of the classes that I had left to take used that book as the textbook.
0: Oh, wow. For,
1: and the, and, and you... the dean wouldn't let me out of that class. And I was just like, I'm out, I'm out of here. You literally <laughs> had something in it though? Yeah. Had
0: to... <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, now you can talk about that story though. I'm kind of laughing at it. I'm sure you were pissed at the time. Um mm-hmm. but okay, but so were you was it kind of a setup where like you were in school but all along you were like also investing in these sort of ideas and people on the internet? like sort of at night, that you weren't even quite aware were going to turn into the people that sort of made up Threadless, or at least like contributed to its success. Like with, um, I know Dreamless has such a huge role in Threadless, where you was that stuff that you were doing, and Dreamless, by the way, um, was basically a message board for designers in the early 2000s. Yeah, Um, started by
1: Joshua Davis.
0: Yeah. And so that was stuff that you were doing while in school, so, I like kind of to keep yeah, your mind Yeah, I ended up doing stuff. <laughs> stuff
1: like that since high school, where it was like all the way back from dialing up into BBSs and like posting shit all over the forums yeah, and stuff. But yeah. um, that, and then there was like the Chank Diesel and and all that Swank Army and all that stuff. Mm. That, it, and I always had these side projects going on where I was just learning and like pushing myself creatively. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like I was telling you before we started, like so much of this show and this show itself even has come to be almost just about side projects and spending time not doing the things that are considered a day job, you know, even for designers who are doing what they love, you know, like someone who's a full-time freelancer and has all this client work, you know, like the things that it seems a lot of times they say would be their favorite projects happened as a result of doing stuff that had nothing to do with those client projects and just messing around and just like, just totally screwing around and just coming up with this great idea or whatever it may be. And it can be
1: so stupid. Like one of my favorite examples is I I learned how to code websites by viewing source and kind of like reverse engineering it. Mm -hmm. But I, so I started making websites about anything that happened in my life. Yeah. And I made, I actually had bunion surgery when I was 15 (laughs) years old, which is like, for elderly women, mostly get bunions, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> but I had one. It's not I had, how I was
0: expecting that sentence to go, <laughs> but fair enough. Yeah.
1: So then I made I made a website about my bunion surgery. Like nice. I went in, I videotaped them pulling the pin out of my foot and everything, and uh-huh. posted this up in like 1995. And I became the number one search result for bunion surgery. Wow. Well,
0: hey, I mean, in 1995, I mean, shit, like yeah, that's, not
1: not many of that no. kind of stuff exists. The
0: funny thing is, when you say something like that, it reminds me of how really insanely quickly the internet has grown i mean that's this is a whole separate topic but i remember like really it's probably in 1995 1996 getting these massive phone book sized um, i think it was like comp world or something and it was like just computers and just being like oh my god like that hard drive's got 512 megs on it that's crazy like that's huge how would you ever fill that up and i remember my uncle was really really into the just like the concept of the internet too and every time we do these family vacations like him and I would talk and he'd be like did you know there's entire websites dedicated to people who like to skip rocks there's like 10 websites (laughs) for rock skipping (laughs) it was such a fun
1: time on the internet (laughs) it was
0: because there was only so many you could count on like you know one hand how many things there were for a given topic and
1: like nobody knew what the hell they were doing too everybody was learning so much right it was pretty cool
0: yeah and you've always kind of you know been someone who's adopted things early I know you were the 1500th uh, user of Twitter. You yeah, guys were yeah. the first brand on Instagram, Harper, like Threadless was.
1: Yeah, I got it. Um, Harper Reed told me about Twitter. And yeah. he, and was he was like what, 1497 one the, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but, is
0: crazy because when I first heard of Twitter, I remember being like, uh, you know, which sounds yeah. crazy now. But at the time I was like, sorry, but that's not something I'm going to use.
1: Yeah. And our Threadless account on Instagram, like we took to that really quick and built up a lot of followers early on because we were early enough where we were getting in the explore tab all the mm-hmm. time. And I don't know, I think it's really important to grab onto that stuff quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when you guys first came up with the concept of Threadless, um, now at the time it was again kind of something that kicked off via Dreamless, which as we mentioned, it was this like message board and you had met Jacob DeHart and you guys kind of did this thing together or it was just this t-shirt contest?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to make Co- find co-founders too, yeah. is the way I met Jacob is we were both members of this forum and we would start like doing these experimental JavaScript battles with each other. Uh-huh. And, uh, it turned out that, you know, when the idea for Threadless came up, I reached out to him about it and Yeah, we ended up starting this thing together. It mm. pretty cool.
0: Now, when you started it, it wasn't meant to be, I mean, not even skipping ahead to today where it's this right. full fledged gigantic thing, but at the time it was just meant purely as this fun yeah, for the total hobby. On the th- on the, yeah, total hobby for the people on the message board, like right. impressing your friends. Kind yeah. Of was
1: it. And I think that kind of like made me do it too because I started this thread on Dreamlist saying, I'm going to. Make T-shirts out of the best designs that get posted on this thread. Yeah, and by doing that, I kind of I like threw myself into the deep end. where yeah. I better do this. Well, or and I'm then there's that pressure myself. of people yeah. on the
0: internet who are like, "Hey, dude, where's that thing you said you were going to do?"
1: Yeah, so I was like afraid not to do it rather than afraid to do it.
0: Did you name this thing Threadless at the time? Or yeah, it, it was, was? Called Threadless. Yeah, okay. In there. And yeah. I'm sure you've answered this before, but that name, was it one of many or was it just the one that stuck? What was No, that it con- was one of many. Yeah, okay. we went back and
1: forth a lot. Of, I can't remember what a lot of the other ones were, yeah. though. Like, it just kind of escaped.
0: Yeah. But did that come from somewhere specific, Threadless?
1: Yeah. Well, because Threadless start, it started as a thread on Dreamless.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. Thread- I actually am not sure if I knew that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I like read that at one point before or something, but um which is crazy because it's got such a nice ring to it now yeah, and it's it almost anti t-shirt cuz it's like threadless and it's almost this like negative sounding thing but it has come to represent like
1: yeah. And it's weird. I mean, a lot of people even today still think just our t-shirts don't have threads in them.
0: <laughs> kind of funny. You get emails before they order, like, so is this like a plastic t-shirt or <laughs> right. what, is this like a organic recyclable shirt that's made of,
1: we do get people asking us that. Do you really? Yeah. And
0: they're like, dead serious. Yeah. And they're, adult, they're adults. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, so that's amazing because like, again, at the, at that time, it was such a small thing. I mean, at what point did it occur to you? Like, okay, there's actually some legs to it. Was it one of those things where like, cause I know the story of like Stussy, you know, when that got started and like some other t-shirt companies, it was like this guy who just made some shirts and his friends were like, yo, yo like, let me get one of those shirts. And then like more and more people were like, Hey, I really like that. That looks awesome. Let me get one. Started mm-hmm. making more. Next thing you know, like you've got yourself a nice tidy little, Small business, and it just snowballs from there. It so took like,
1: us like literally six years to figure out that to really take Threadless seriously. Yeah, right, right. Because, like, the first two years, it was just a side project, working a full time job, going mm-hmm. to school. The next two years, I dropped out of school and quit my job. And, but we, what we did is built websites for clients. Yeah. And we used Threadless just as proof that we knew how to build an e commerce right. website. But we were doing work for like McDonald's, Kohler, Office Max, mm-hmm. and mostly through like, like agencies. Web
0: stuff like web design, web development, like all of that.
1: Yeah, like a lot of a lot of web stuff, a lot of Flash stuff because okay, a lot of the yeah. agencies here didn't know Flash mm-hmm. and would have to outsource that. Right, right. <laughs> like Which is we great built-
0: for the handful of people who are actually doing it and doing it well because at the time that was like. Yeah. I remember
1: like, I think Leo Burnett got hired to do Gatorade's website and we, we built the navigation for it because they wanted to do it all fancy flashy, yeah. which it's kind of, flash has just dropped off a cliff now, but yeah. I mean,
0: does it even really have a place anymore? Like, I mean, again, we don't have to get into this whole thing. I'm not even a (laughs) web person, but it's amazing how sort of quickly it evaporated. And when something sort of becomes unnecessary on the web, it's gone like overnight.
1: And with how much just, like, HTML5 and Mm -hmm. JavaScript, jQuery and stuff has Mm kind of allowed you to do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the phones, I mean, phones is what really killed it.
0: Apple not supporting it, right? I remember not really fully embracing the iPad I first got because I was like, "Eh, there's just still too many sites that just aren't ready for... Right, yeah, yeah. That just aren't ready for this and, like... I don't know, within that year, I feel like of getting it, it was like, okay, now it's ready.
1: <laughs> I think the biggest job we ever got was, uh, for Kohler. And it was a weird, like internal system where Kohler sales reps could check out like booths to take to trade shows and stuff. Yeah, But there's a lot of money to be made in those big companies. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cause they need, well, they need someone to do it and they don't, especially at the time, know how to do it themselves. And so, but yeah. so, so, okay. So you were doing this, um, it so was was this you and Jacob and Craig at the time yeah or? well
1: Craig was handling the back end of threadless okay. like customer service and warehouse and so everything. you and
0: Jacob are doing this kind of business of uh, serving clients at the time for web stuff right. also running threadless but totally as sort of like a back burner thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um now and
1: then some other people joined as well like Jeffrey yep. and Charles Foreman was mm-hmm. around but he yeah. was he was mostly doing his own thing mm-hmm. but yeah, we our office space like Nando Costa actually mm-hmm. worked out of there a little bit mm-hmm. became kind of like a, a co working space yeah. where a bunch of freelancers would just kind of come hang out and yeah. and then now we this wasn't the first stuff. one
0: you had over on Ravens with that really yeah, small yeah, that, one that, that was space, that one. Okay. Yeah. Now for people who don't know this and probably most people don't, but. Um, I met you guys right after I graduated from high school. I had submitted a design to Threadless, and this is real early on, probably within the first hundred designs for sure. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and it
1: the one that you got printed, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it and it won, and it got printed, and then so that was how I personally made a connection with Threadless. And then um, at one point, I was like, hey, I, I my life's kind of just like sort of this amorphous blob right now. I don't have a degree. I'm trying to do this like freelance sort of stuff on the side. I, I wasn't really doing much. And I was working at this screen printer that was kind of this dead end thing. And I had talked to you and I was like, you know, and I've told the story when I've spoken before, but um, I was really very in tune with the fact that you guys were this really awesome group of creative people. And I didn't know anything about development or web or like the business of kind of what you were doing, but I knew, I kind of wanted to be around you guys. And so I had emailed or talked on like AIM or something to you about like, do you guys have any position where I could come work there? And you're like, well, you could come pack t-shirts. Like we could use some help with that. So that was my first job before I started No Pattern. And I remember, you know, between meeting you and Jeffrey and Jacob and just being around you guys, I could just feel like there was this energy that this thing was going to take off. And at the time I, I remember coming in and seeing how small it was in that first office.
1: Yeah. And, and I remember like Jeffrey hooking you up too with some context to oh start yeah. doing a lot of design work uh, yeah, and stuff. Je-
0: Jeffrey pretty... Kalmakoff, Jeffrey, which today's Jeffrey's birthday. By oh, there. right on. And uh, <laughs> I just saw that on Facebook. I thought I'd uh, make sure to mention that. Um, so happy birthday, Jeffrey. But yeah, Jeffrey was one of those people who I met and we just really got along. And yeah, I mean, he like... Would you know? He introduced me to this club in Chicago, Smart Bar, which helped me get like these jobs doing these flyers, and and he had been doing them and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It was just like I could I could sense something about kind of just the energy in the room. And again, it's crazy to think back at that time, just like that. Literally, there was days where me and I remember it was your friend maybe. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, We're the only ones responsible for a a chunk of time to do any fulfillment for these orders. And obviously today it's massive operation. But again, just to put into perspective, like, you know, I saw firsthand, like kind of this small thing and it was cool to now I've, you know, seeing your space now, it's unbelievable. And that's like, even
1: now though, like when we're looking for um, workers in our warehouse, Mm -hmm. we look for people that are creatives, you know, like doing they're in bands right. or they're, they're doing stuff outside of work. That's mm-hmm. like, cause it's just that type of environment that we want to have there, even with our, our warehouse staff.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you've created this environment people really want to work at and the the space is cool. And just like, yeah, but, but again, that was like always obvious from, from the beginning that you guys were trying to do something, but not in this more sort of cheesy way that you would say i don't know if you've watched silicon valley that new show i've
1: been watching that yeah
0: and it's like now like every company wants their office to like look wild and fun and have beanbag chairs over all that goofy stuff but at the time it was a very sort of like innocent like no this is just kind of who we are we're just creating this like fun place we don't even hardly know what we're doing and even today it's like i think
1: our difference from that is um we we we've never hired like an interior designer to come in and like figure out where the beanbags should go. Yeah, you, you just know? get,
0: like, the artists like, that you like to come do these badass murals, yeah, and, yeah. like, it looks great because... It's
1: very DIY, kind of, yeah. like, making our own right. environment.
0: Um, so, but back to that time, like, so Threadless starts taking off and starts, like you know, kind of getting rolling and everything. How, at what point, and I know you said you kind of started taking it more seriously, like it took what, six years and it was kind of like around 2004 that Yeah.
1: Well, in 2004, that's when we're like, okay, Threadless is actually doing more revenue than our web design (laughs) clients, you know? And we fired all of our clients Mm -hmm. and just started. But the problem was even at that time in 2004, we didn't focus on Threadless. We were like, we should just start up a whole bunch more of our own ideas. Yeah. So we started like eight other businesses. Yeah. You know, and it, there was like nakedandangry.com dot com mm-hmm. that yep. was the patterns. yeah. I was going to ask
0: you about all these other side things. Did you did you start supplementing Threadless with those things because you didn't really believe that Threadless would turn into a full fledged thing, or was it? Just well, like
1: I kind of I guess from, coming from like a developer mindset, I thought I saw Threadless as just being this thing that ran itself. Yeah. And it didn't really require. Much effort to mm-hmm. make work, yeah. And I was like, so I have all this time to do other things, and I should just be setting up all these other brands that can run themselves, yeah. kind of thing. So we did like fifteen Megs of Fame, yeah. which was I, for music. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was so going to so ask many. you.
0: So let's kind of go down the list though really quick, sort of of some of these other projects, because as I said, a lot of this show um, has really turned into being about side projects, and the fact is, a lot of people's side projects just don't pan out. Or they were a bad idea, but like it was good good to try it. Or it felt like a good idea at the time. And it was like, well, okay, I'm glad we'd give it a shot. But that's not really what we're all about. So, you, the 15 Megs of Fame thing. So, that was like a music-focused thing. What was the sort of like crux of that? Yeah. The
1: idea was to have independent musicians post up their songs. And then the best ones, we would uh, try to get them record deals. Okay. So, people would listen to the songs and then they would rate them. And... We got like probably over 100,000 songs submitted. Okay. And we got, I mean, tons of people were using the site, listening to music and rating it and stuff like that. So, it was the
0: idea of Threadless, but with me, submit your song basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But with Threadless, it's easy to just like print the design and make it for sale and give the artist money. Right. With 15 Megs of Fame, it's very difficult to be like promising the best ones a record deal yeah. or something <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> Did What was the most... What was the most success someone saw as a result of 15 megs of fame, would you say? I'd, I'd
1: say there probably was like no good success story to <laughs> tell there, <laughs> honestly. So <laughs> maybe some people
0: <laughs> met through it or had some fun with it, but it was a short-lived thing that just didn't really have the promise yeah. that maybe you, you thought. Like. I guess
1: we learned a lot about, you know, developing a site like that, I guess. Okay. But, and yeah, I'm sure a lot of people met other people and stuff, but we weren't able to get a single musician, a record deal. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, okay, it's one of the other projects, um, Extra Tasty, and that was like cocktail recipes, right?
1: Yeah. We came out of the summer with like all of us having all now, this. when is
0: this again, by the way, just a timeline.
1: Maybe it was 2005 okay. or so. And everybody had, you know, a lot of liquor in their liquor cabinet. And yeah. a lot of, And we're like, but we don't know how to make cocktails. We don't know any recipes. Mm-hmm. So we built this database where you enter in, all the stuff that you have. Okay. I've got this rum, this vodka, and then you enter mixers too. Mm -hmm. And then it spits back out all the, all the drinks you can make. Okay. And you can also post drinks. Mm -hmm. So if somebody posts a drink and then you have the stuff, then you know, you can make the thing.
0: I remember that. Um, Pretty clearly for sure, but I wasn't 21 yet. And I also wasn't the type that would have been like, oh yeah, like, like, like <laughs> right. plus who, I mean, what 19 year old anyways, trying to make like cocktails, like you would just drink beer, but like, I remember yeah. seeing that and being like, oh, that's really cool. But I didn't like invest much time into looking at it. But again, sort of the same idea of Threadless, but... Yeah, where, where it's like v-
1: post recipes and yeah best recipes. and
0: was the idea there like a from a business model standpoint or like a revenue standpoint like well maybe we'll get advertisers like from yeah. li- like liquor companies or something like that
1: because we we were having all the ingredients posted generic so right. it'd be like orange juice yeah or vodka yeah and the idea was to have somebody come in and license the so it would say absolute vodka right and Tropicana now did that ever happen on any no, level we no we never did that okay
0: <laughs> but again I mean Hey, it was but actually shot. before
1: um, Jeffrey bought the domain extra tasty, I was going
0: to say, I thought, and uh, before
1: we made the drink recipe site, we were going to make it a, uh, we were trying to sell it to McDonald's. Okay. Like to make it a community for McDonald's employees internally, okay. but we no pitched go. that and it didn't, yeah, it didn't get picked up. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe someone has a favorite drink to this day because of it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just cross your fingers and like hope something came of these projects for somebody out there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, for sure. Um, what was another one here? Let's see. Um, I park so like an idiot. Was I was going to say I park like an idiot was my next one um, <laughs> okay. that I have here. That, But that wasn't as much of like a let's make a bazillion dollars on this. Right. Or did, was no, the thought no, no. that it well, was just purely for fun?
1: We did think it, we could expand it into other things okay. where it's like annoying things that other people do. Yeah. Like we were thinking about. Because the idea for I Park Like an Idiot is we sold bumper stickers in 20 packs that say I Park Like an Idiot. Yep. And
0: they were just these yellow stickers, very bold, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And the idea is put it on other people's cars, yeah. you know? and Completely thought, removable. Right, yeah. yeah like low tack. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we thought it'd be cool to do like little flags to say, like, look, some idiot didn't pick up their dog's poop or something. So like little things where you're pointing out frustrations yeah. or pet peeves. Right. You
0: know? And where did... Because you kind of did that for a while, I remember. Did, yeah. did that Was that you something actually, that went anywhere? At you least? can
1: still buy them today on Threadless.com. Okay, I thought so. And the, we have them in like six languages, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They
1: sell really well. And it yeah. was actually covered on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Wow.
0: So do you think that a project like that no, like something like that, which is just... I feel like something like that is where unlike threadless or even this, this podcast where it took me years to get to the point where I knew it was going to be. And then I spent months like working on the website and like figuring all this technical stuff out. That sounds to me like one of those things where one day, like you see someone parking like an ass and like, you're like, I'm going to, you just like flash that idea through your head and then you just do it. And whatever comes of it it's a fairly low cost thing probably I guess. right I don't well and i
1: think but i think the lesson that we learned from it all from doing all this stuff mm-hmm. is like it's fine to do this stuff but might as well like leverage what you've already built that's really good sure. like we're just trying to start up all these separate brands yeah. from zero mm-hmm. when like naked and angry could have easily just been threadless patterns yeah you know? right
0: which it is now
1: right yeah right yeah. and even i park like an idiot i mean a design got submitted for socks that were called Spock's okay. and it's like Spox ears on the yeah. side of the socks and stuff. And so we're printing it under threadless and you know, like we don't need a separate sock company for socks. <laughs> right. And with life and limb, like you leverage your no pattern. Right. Following and yeah. stuff.
0: Um, and I think, you know, when you have a platform, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, Threadless beyond the obvious, like the com- it's a community, it's this big hover, it's an online store. People yeah. are going to go there to buy stuff. And you've got, two million Twitter followers, you've got a bazillion, you know, just so many people who already are familiar with that. It seems like such an uphill battle to try and start like fledgling side things when you could sort of offer it under that umbrella, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like, and just sort like of one point, of our point busi- at something, yeah. us, whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we're, I mean, the type T's thing, that was another business that we started on the side mm-hmm. and we're bringing that back now, but we're calling it type T's by Threadless okay. and we're leveraging yeah. Threadless right. on it, you know?
0: Yeah. Because everyone knows what Threadless is now. So, it, but again, it's like, it seems to me like, you know, even if he says like, well, there was no success stories that come out of something like 15 megs of fame or whatever other things, there's still things that those contributed to you guys ultimately learning that if we want to do that again, let's say blah, 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 buy Threadless or Threadless this, or just somehow work it into like yeah. something that's already been built.
1: With music, I mean, we have been... So, we bring in bands pretty frequently at Threadless. Right, right. And then we'll record little shows and post those out to our following. And, you know, it build, builds up kind of like the lifestyle behind Threadless, I yeah. guess. The brand and stuff.
0: Right, right. So, okay. One of the bigger side side projects I'm really sort of eager to ask you about and talk about because I was such a big part of it too. Or not, I wasn't a big part of it. I, was, I took part in it, I suppose, was Yay Hooray. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for anybody who doesn't know is um is a message board. Um, what did you did you start it because? You wanted to have like your own dream list once dream list ended? I mean, at first, like when...
1: I mean, I, it wasn't that I wanted my own dream list. It was that I wanted like there to be a place for Dreamless to people to go. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, you know, Josh shut it down, which is mm-hmm. fine.
0: Right, <laughs> but right. I, but it had I, run its course and it was...
1: That was a huge part of my life and I couldn't just like let it go. So yeah. I was like... Well, I'm going to build a place that people can come. Then, yeah.
0: So, when did Yayhure initially start? Because I remember whenever it came out, I remember because it always said on the side, "You are the whatever user of Yayhure." Right. And before you guys like redid it, and I had to like re sign up and everything. <laughs> I was like one of the first twenty, I think. I was like, nice. and and I used it a lot. And yeah. I was on know, dreamless too. I was, I was like, never on dreamless. No. That's crazy
1: that you'd be like the first 20 on yay. Hooray having not
0: been on dreamless. Yeah, it, it was definitely within cool. the first 50 for sure. I mean, I'm not, I, but I remember it was definitely like early on. And I was just so, I thought it was so, felt so cool to like yeah. have that low number on there. <laughs> right. Um, But, you know, at the time, especially this is pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter, even pre kind of what blogs are now and Instagram Mm -hmm. and any social networks at all. I mean, that wasn't even a a phrase that people used, social network. Um, and it seemed like you guys, you know, there was a lot of message board, but that one really did bring together lots of artists and designers, um,
1: yeah, and we, you know, um, Dreamless was like a BB code or whatever it is, the PHP BBB, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> like a built a, a already existing platform for yeah. it. And we built YayHurry from scratch and we thought that it'd be fun to figure out how to like democratize the moderation because right, part right. of the problem was... With Dreamless was, you know, things would get out of hand and mm-hmm. th- you'd have moderators that and then wouldn't share opinions with people. Right, right, But we, so we experimented with all these different ways to make it like a self-moderating platform. Uh-huh. And I'd say overall, we never really figured it out completely, yeah. but it was fun to to mess with that code. Length. yeah. We built a point system where people...
0: Yeah, so I remember yeah, the point system like for good posts and like or stuff that people liked. It was kind of like what you know now, I guess, is Reddit, you know, like upvoting things or right. whatever that... Is. I mean, I don't really use Reddit, but um, it was definitely that sort of feel to it. But it started to sort of take on this life of its own that there was like on one hand, it was like celebrating all this creativity yeah. and people posting their latest projects and... A good amount of people giving positive feedback and reinforcement or whatever. And then it obviously has the flip side, which is what people just kind of think of when they think of trolls and idiots on the Internet just being total dicks. Yeah, <laughs> like, it had a pretty terrible underbelly. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but what that sort of created was like, you know, good guys. this sort of feeling of like there's these good people and then there's these other people that come on just, you know, just to like throw a wrench in it all. And you know, I know a lot of people had an experience there of like learning that it was maybe better to either keep their mouth shut or just simply not interact with that stuff at all, yeah, which was eventually years later, what I felt like I had to do was...
1: Like, and honestly, I think a lot of that happened just from neglect on like our part, because okay, <laughs> yeah. we didn't really continue supporting it, you know, over mm-hmm. time. Now,
0: how many users did it ultimately, I don't know about today, but... like ult-
1: maybe like 25 or 30,000. Yeah. So, it was a big yeah.
0: community. I mean... You and post it's, something and someone would reply pretty quickly. It wasn't like this dead message board.
1: Right. And it's back. Like if you go to yayray.net, I don't mm. know if you've seen where where it's at now. Yeah. But I
0: was. Yeah. I just, I go there every now and then. Just yeah.
1: Like, uh, I mean, I think it's thriving right now. It's doing crazy. really well. Mm. Um, But I spend most of my time on another forum right yeah. now. <laughs>
0: um. But again, that's something that I know people have, um, you know, met other people on or just found. I mean, I still go there to go like, like if I want to post some funny picture, like I know exactly where I'm going, like the GIFs that make you laugh or the live journal thread, any of that weird stuff. And um, I probably go to A-Ray
1: at least once a day. Yeah. It's a
0: good place to just kind of like sort of see some conversation. But Twitter's really replaced a lot of that. But people who are still dedicated to those communities still use them. A lot, so. but
1: oh, you asked when that started. It was back in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that a forum like that's been around now. Yeah, for like, it is crazy years. because I
0: can't think of too many other message boards that's still thirteen years in, yeah. like have active users or don't feel just like this kind of wasteland. You know. Yeah. So
1: it was fun playing around like with the troll stuff, though. I had these little tools that I built where you could like, and I think this is a common thing to do now, but. I made it where if I mark him as a troll, he could see his own posts, but nobody else can see it. So,
0: <laughs> so it's basically him fighting with him. Yeah, right. so.
1: <laughs> He thinks he's causing all this trouble. Yeah. But.
0: <laughs> well, and it did become kind of the self-moderating thing after a while. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you could sort of like, I don't know, you could, people could become more hidden or, and even like to the, um, even to where you could, any, any user could edit the headline on the site. Oh right. Yeah. I mean even little features like that I always thought were kind of a cool. There was a the another
1: detail. side project we did called poopface.com. I remember I that. <laughs> yeah, what
0: the heck? What was that? Was that just weird pictures?
1: Yeah, well, what it was is it's you go to poopface.com and in the small <laughs> I like, like that sentence. <laughs> listen, yeah. You go to poopface.com. And in the lower right hand corner, there's just a little file upload box. Yeah. And you when you upload an image, it took over the whole page. Yeah. And then the next person that comes comes we'll see that that image Mm -hmm. so whoever uploaded the last image is what poopface.com is and we had that up for like 24 hours and it just degraded into like the worst. Yeah, basically, like you the internet's possibly.
0: bowels, like became yeah. like the front. Did, were you able to go back and see the past ones or only what was currently on there? Yeah, we shut it down after
1: that? like the 24 hours. And well, we could, but I guess as a user, you couldn't. But we were looking at. Wait, did what did that literally uh,
0: only exist for 24 hours?
1: Well, we had other stuff up on that site, but that specific experiment was I only.
0: When you said it, cause again, this was at the time where I was super active with all that stuff. So I'm sure I uploaded a handful of things to it. I remember yeah. that domain. I just haven't thought about it, <laughs> I thought about it in years. But I mean, again, I think it's just cool because like a lot of this stuff, even the silly stuff, even like the most ridiculous of the stuff like that being the best example, mm-hmm. um, Kind of goes back to your sort of describing how you were as a kid where it's just like this constant playing or building things and experimenting. And yes, there might be no point. Yes, it might be stupid or just like for the hell of it. But right. you you grow somehow, even if you're not aware of it at the time, from doing these experiments. Or, or maybe not. Maybe it's just for fun and like yeah. that's okay too. But I mean, yeah,
1: you, that's how I learned how databases work. And that's how I learned how HTML works. Yeah. And, like, and then you end up using it for something useful down the yeah. line.
0: Did you guys ever apply any of this stuff from Yehuri? Because I feel like that was probably the biggest non-threadless thing that has had the longest life. I mean, that's that's probably correct to say, right? Yeah, I think like, that's in, probably In right. the umbrella yeah. of things that you've had a hand in, in starting, that's probably the one that's stuck yeah. around the longest. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, it, we don't run that anymore. Yeah. Uh, we gave it to um Nico and okay. a couple of other guys. So on you Yehuri. can't go on there
0: and like <laughs> edit code on Yehuri no. anymore? No. Yeah. Um. So, okay, so that's kind of the most... I'm trying to think if there's any other one. I guess the naked and angry thing was interesting because you guys started to dabble in some more high-end items with that, correct? Yeah, we had like wallpaper
1: and neckties, neckties, umbrellas and stuff like that.
0: And so that was your attempt at someone, instead of uploading a graphic, like what Threadless was, that was upload a pattern. And if it looks good, we'll print it on all these different things, put it in this like really sweet box.
1: Right, and it had to be a tiling pattern, you know? Yeah. um and, and it's then, hard
0: to do too like in its own right
1: <laughs> i remember when describing that i was all excited like excited about how like patterns can be used on anything you yeah know? like you could have a do a partnership with dunkin donuts and the frosting is like the pattern <laughs> or something <laughs> like
0: digitally printed frosting on a donut yeah you know, like this <laughs> donut of the yeah. day um so, we still do
1: it, pattern stuff on Threadless a lot. Yeah. Um, there was no reason for now, that. Now, do people able...
0: still have to tile it themselves? Like, do they still have to make sure that it's going to be this seamless pattern if they do that?
1: Like, yeah, we try to make sure that the artwork they submit is, like, actually usable. Yeah, like, We don't have to edit it too much.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this. Um, the submissions, the community. So now past, like, the concept of, like, Threadless is this... thing. Now it's, like, running. Now we're into, like, 2007. 2000, like, it's been going for a while. Um, and you guys have had... i mean tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of submissions i mean you've had by
1: 2007 man i'm not sure what the not even as
0: of then but like in the conception of threadless i mean over the years have you guys like i don't know just a lot lots of submissions
1: five or six hundred thousand submissions yeah
0: um and a lot of those don't even see the light of day to be scored right Right. we (laughs) decline
1: almost half of them yeah
0: But does someone still like, there's still someone sitting there seeing each and every one or hand or a team of people. We're thinking
1: about changing that yeah, (laughs) because, um, we think if we can have people like verify their PayPal account before Mm -hmm. they submit, then we are pretty sure it's a real person. Uh And I don't think that's too much to ask because we might have to pay you eventually. Um, and then what we would have like flagging or if somebody puts something inappropriate, copyright or anything like
0: that. Yeah. Um, what were, uh, You know, I mean, I I guess it's tough on a podcast or like doing an interview like this because it'd be better to just be like, hey, can you show some of the worst things ever? But I remember (laughs) Craig way back when on Instant Messenger, like him and I would talk and he'd be like, dude, look at some of these. And just one by one, one after the next, like he would just send me like 10 things in a row and I'd be dying laughing because it's like Microsoft Paint and like there's a dinosaur like stepping on a football. Oh, my God. It takes up the entire shirt.
1: (laughs) That's actually like part of the reason why we want to... open that up is like seeing that stuff I think is Mm -hmm. actually really, and some of it's almost so bad it's good where Mm -hmm. people may actually want to buy it, you know, but yeah. (laughs) Or maybe it's on purposely supposed to be like that. Right.
0: So um, from the stuff that does get voted on and does well and gets printed um, I think another really great thing about Threadless is like having seen the evolution of quality over Mm -hmm. the years from what you guys printed early on, that was a little more straightforward or like the most, Interesting thing about a design might be its location on a shirt, but it's still right. just like a three-color print. Yeah, um, we had that limitation
1: in the beginning, right? It was like three colors. Or yeah, four colors. And now you can
0: kind of define like, no, this thing is a photo. It takes up the entire shirt. Right. It's this, you know it just in mind as well, just, and it's a photo basically. And it's just amazing. So, um, but you know, in between that, you guys had a lot of learning experiences. I remember even at one point you kind of were manufacturing your own brand of t-shirts.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, the printing capabilities have changed so much since then, or maybe they haven't, but we just learned about them, but I think they have actually improved quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, Doing, like, photographic stuff back in early 2000s was very hard yeah. and expensive. Right. Because color separations alone, right, like, right, right. there wasn't software for that. Yeah. It was, like, done by hand, and, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, it was really expensive. Like, actually, I was reading uh, Mark Echo's book, Unlabel, mm-hmm. and he was talking about that, like, separating colors. Right, yeah.
0: and Well, it's such a technically difficult job to even separate it, let alone have it come out looking vibrant and, and true to what you saw on your screen. Right,
1: yeah. So, but then now there's like dye sublimation mm-hmm. and like all this crazy printing that you can do. Um, the blanks have changed too, just in like what people want to wear, right? Right, because I think American Apparel kind of like redefined what a t shirt is mm-hmm. because
0: it fits and just kind of yeah,
1: yeah, they got like that a lot more softer fabric mm-hmm. and yeah, much more fitted. And that's changed a lot, Mm -hmm. but, um, we use like a 30 singles tee now that we actually do produce custom again. So we got, we tried to do this custom program like six years ago and kind of failed at it. And then we went back to a regular off the shelf type thing. And now we're back into a private label.
0: Okay. So is everything manufactured in Chicago here?
1: All the shirts are printed in Chicago. Okay.
0: So that was one of the things I really was interested to talk about too. So the importance and the role of Chicago um, in Threadless. So obviously that's, it's kind of here by nature of that you're from here and the guys that started like you, the other people that started um, Threadless, you know, along with you in the early days, I mean, it was just like, that's where it was. Um, Has it been tempting, you know, to be like, Hey, this would be a lot better off in San Francisco or New York or whatever has been like, it's been fine that it's in Chicago. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it would probably be if you're talking about apparel, you'd say like L.A. Right. But if you're talking about tech, you know, which a lot of what we do is building the, our site and mm-hmm. the experiences, you know, I don't know. Chicago's really come up yeah. there. And what we're doing isn't crazy complicated. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not necessary that we print here. We we fulfill our orders here, so it's like yeah, right. passing all the inventory around mm-hmm. would be expensive. So yeah. that doesn't make sense, but. Um, I just like Midwest for just the, I guess the like personality of people here, like, Right, everybody's kind of like pretty humble and everybody just hunkers down and gets things done. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like real work too. Like yeah. elbow grease, mm-hmm. like people are digging in and doing yeah, absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's,
0: kind of, it's kind of the nature of Midwest and Chicago and everything. Um, but do you feel like, uh, having been in Chicago has had, um some drawbacks but then also some real like I'm mean, obviously having set like kind of a stake in the ground here a lot of people know like when they think Chicago and really cool companies that are here like it's kind of also being a big fish in not, not even a little pond obviously mm-hmm. Chicago being a huge huge city but most people gravitate towards New York or LA or you know San Francisco for some of these a company like yours yeah. wouldn't get profiled to necessarily be in Chicago and I think that works to your advantage because it's so much easier to stand out if you're gonna like be like, nope, this is our city, this is where we're doing it. Like, yeah, I we- think
1: that's true. I think since there's not like crazy amounts of things happening here, it's easier to stand out mm-hmm. and. I mean, it, also logistically, it's like easier to ship to the whole country from right, the middle yeah, of I it. Mean, you're right in the middle
0: of it. Isn't <laughs> yeah. the, isn't the main hub of, I don't know if it's FedEx, isn't it in Kentucky or something like that? I or? think so. Yeah.
1: And yeah, just, Zappos went to Vegas just because of the location of really? being more central. Huh. Yeah.
0: It's just, they can get things to more people quick, just more quickly, I yeah. suppose, really. Yeah. Right. Um, so, how much of the process are you still involved in when it comes to like uh, printing or a t-shirt or something? Or have you hired enough people who kind of you feel are experts in that area? Um, because your your personal day to day in Threadless has changed so much from right. back then, where you would have monitored everything and seen every shirt that gets printed and had a say in all of this, to now overseeing a much bigger company. So,
1: yeah, it's changed a lot, but I, I am still pretty involved in the in the process of choosing which designs go up, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't really involve myself so much in the manufacturing side of it. I like, I spend most of my time on our website really like building features for the Mm -hmm. site with our, with our digital team. Yeah, And then also with our partnerships team on like finding new places for threadless designs to end up.
0: Right. One of the coolest things you guys have done over the years has been collaborations or the threadless loves stuff oh right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so how did yeah. that get started what was the first and and just for people who don't know that's threadless loves has kind of been like it's like threadless heart under you know like fill in the blank and that's whether it's like marvel did you did some stuff yeah. with marvel or like muppet i don't know whatever different companies you've done stuff right. with it kind of leaves it open to have a contest based around that.
1: I mean, early on it was just, uh, there were always companies reaching out wanting to work with us and we just didn't know how, what we would do or how right, we would right. do it. Yeah. I think the first loves we ever did was with the used, the band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, the idea was to design a shirt for the used, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then we did them with like a bunch of different magazines. Yeah. Like I remember we did one with Maxim, which was kind <laughs> <of> funny. It <laughs> <laughs> was like a weird yeah. brand thing for us, right. but yeah. And then most recently we've been doing these um, like Marvel and the idea is like we have a licensing agreement with Marvel where our artists can... Like remix Spider-Man and yeah. just have like complete freedom to do whatever they want with do Spider-Man. Do they take an
0: asset that's provided by Marvel and no, they that can or draw is free reign, do whatever you want free stylize range, it? Okay. Totally
1: from scratch. In fact, we, we look for like more artistic representation. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just have like the same content you could buy at right. Target or something. Yeah.
0: Which is awesome because a company like them has the sort of leeway and artistic <laughs> license to say, yeah, do that. It's great. We love the fan side of things and an interpretation of that. Whereas there's other companies or things that might have stricter limitations or it's like they can do it. But so have you had any instances of that where like you've wanted to do it? And then they're like, yeah, yeah they can do I it mean, to a point.
1: Yeah. Cause you, it can't be like Donald duck smoking a cigarette. Yeah, or something, right, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, that stuff can happen too outside of the partnership, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you got to stay within when it's an officially licensed thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: But, um, so uh, as far as, What Threadless is doing right now um, and kind of how far it's come. Uh, I know one of the new sort of quote unquote side projects that you guys are doing and sort of bringing back um, is the Type T stuff.
1: Oh, right. Um,
0: And that just launched like the other day, right? Like the new iteration of it. We're launching it
1: to everybody tomorrow. Like it's been on the App Store for about a week, but we haven't talked about it really yet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I
0: remember you when I, so I went to the new, well, new relative to me at least, but I visited Jake a couple, i don't know like a month or so ago and, and yeah. you were showing me sort of this like your your guys like it was finally ready the app right and it was amazing how like nice it looked and how quick and you could like put a picture up and fill in the type and choose your font and all this stuff and that's kind of the idea is yeah. to make a typography based t but customized but within some limitations so that it still looks yeah. good to your parameters right? exactly
1: we wanted to keep it super simple where yeah. you're not having to sit there and like resize and rotate and mm. like design your shirt because mm-hmm. the whole, we started type T is like in 2006 and yeah. then shut it down in 2008 or 2009. Right. Right. Cause the whole pr- reason o- that we started it is like n- everybody has ideas for t-shirts, but not everybody's a designer. Mm-hmm. So the idea was just like, let people submit slogans and the best slogans we'll make into shirts. Yeah. And we got like three million slogans
0: submitted. Jeez, and they you just—you could just type it in. It wasn't, yeah, yeah it wasn't right. a design. You just go literally type anything in that you want, right? Yeah.
1: But the problem was we didn't have enough people voting on them, so okay. we had like all these slogans, and we had no idea which ones were any good, right? But with Type Tees the app, it's like you just type it in and you can buy it. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it. So it's, it's an scoring.
0: on-demand type of service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it like you just—you could take a picture with your phone. Well, it, it doesn't have that or it has a
1: few templates that have photos in them, okay. but you can't add a photo of your own Yeah. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I know with like t-shirt companies, there's a lot, a lot of customization stuff, like the thriving, um, like landscape of things like Nike ID and like, right. you know, and now every shoe company has, you can go on and customize stuff and, um, Threadless is so even more open. It's just like t-shirt, do whatever you want on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there other things that you still have, like uh, maybe other mediums, like or other um, apparel items that you still like haven't really ventured into that you'd like to at some point? Um, Yeah. I
1: mean, it's hard for us to compete with our own t-shirt just because we come out with you know, six new ones every week. And then we have a library of like 3000 that you can choose yeah, from. Yeah. So if we're going to start like backpacks, mm-hmm. we, we did this where we launched 12 backpacks okay. and it's like, it happens once. It's not like there's going to be new backpacks next mm-hmm. week and there's not a bunch to choose from. Yeah. So the only place that we're able to like really do stuff at the volume that we're doing t-shirts is on demand stuff. Mm-hmm. So like our iPhone cases and our art prints, uh-huh. are two huge categories yeah. for us right now and we're, it, but then it's like you got to be careful not to just get into tchotchkes you know right like, yeah. you know? You know, like
0: mouth threadless mouse pads right rock, you know yeah, like key, art, yeah, that yeah that kind of stuff which is important because you don't want to be offered like basically diluting sort of what threadless is i mean yeah. as as a company so
1: right so it's a balance of finding those types of things
0: right yeah um all right so through the life of threadless then you've worked I mean, I guess just in general, um, one of the more sort of uncomfortable things in in life and in business can be when you cross sort of like the working with friends thing, especially working, you know, with family or working with people that you've known for a long time. I mean, I've done that and had to get over battles where it's like, okay, it's nothing personal. We're just working together on something. We've become really good friends, but now we have to work and like, you know, you might butt heads or this might happen or whatever, but, um, And so I know that's happened with you a lot over the years, working with people who you weren't friends with at first and then became some of your best friends, working with people who you started from the beginning and then they went off elsewhere. Um, And then more recently, there was, I remember seeing like all these people posting about it on Twitter all of a sudden. I was like, wait, what the hell's going on at Threadless? And, you know, you guys had announced and you had written this post that you unfortunately had to let quite a few people go. Right. And you wrote a very, I thought, very elegantly worded statement about why and that it was purely this business decision and stuff um but to the extent that you feel like you know um you want to elaborate on that anymore i think it's a really interesting topic and um how has that gone since then and that was fairly recently right. that was just in the last couple months that you guys had to do that right
1: yeah it was back in january and yeah. it was like definitely probably the hardest moment of my life yeah, i mean it sure. was very hard but um it goes back to what we were talking about with like you know all those side businesses like 15 Mm -hmm. megs of fame and we were doing all this stuff and when things aren't working like sometimes you need to pull back from it right and one of the things another lesson that we've learned is like we've always done tried to do everything ourselves Mm -hmm. like we wrote our own order fulfillment software for our warehouse you know and at some point it gets to be like what should we be focusing on right and you know some of the stuff that we've been doing to grow is like taking threadless to retail uh-huh. and our yeah. strategy for that is like
0: you mean your own retail stores like when you or other um, either or okay. but
1: um we did a deal with gap for a little while yeah right, right, right. um and we had some shirts we were you know exploring other deals mm-hmm. but we did all that stuff ourselves like build yeah. sales force to go out and do these individual deals mm-hmm. and service them and yeah. i mean it's just like we we wanted to we want to focus on our digital platform and yeah. then work on, work with partners to mm-hmm. do the other stuff. Sure, because we're not going to be the best at it. Yeah, <laughs> and but it, in order to make that shift, we had to you know change some things with our staff, right. which really sucked. But um, and
0: then that weight falls on you because who? No one else is going to be like, "Hey, Jake, I got this. I'll do like I'll do like you had to deliver that message to people who had become close to you and yeah yeah it's one of those things where it's like it's crazy like you know 45 minutes ago we we're talking about like starting this fun company fast forward it's like okay this actually isn't all fun and games like you are now the head of a really big company that right has given jobs to a lot of people and then sometimes this kind of thing happens and it's yeah like, did you but ever think you'd like, be in that position no <laughs> like, not
1: at all but i and it's it, it, you know i don't know there, the other topic you were talking about with working with friends is something too where it's like, I highly prefer working with people that I would be friends with. Um, uh-huh, like, I would, even though I've had a, a handful of bad experiences, it's like, doesn't deter me from it at all. Because yeah. I also feel like that's a kind of a thing, like as you get older, your bad experiences just make you jaded over sure, time yeah. and you start to just not like things. Right.
0: <laughs> like, well, and you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, like, would you rather hire people who you feel are good for the company, but like not really a fit with like the culture and then right. just figure like you won't have feelings about it if you have to like let them go eventually like no of course not like you get one shot you know one shot to do things the right way and then yeah like I said it's the good with the bad like you hire people who you really come to love and who work well with the company and eventually because of the position you're in like you have the responsibility to make yeah. a horrible <laughs> decision but like in your i mean i don't mean horrible business right. like horrible thing that you've got to feel like i've got to go do this but it's you know yeah and i mean
1: i think it you know it's been a few months now and a lot of the folks who were let go you know i'm still yeah. really close with so i think yeah. you know I, we we all struggled through it but right. i think we've figured it out but
0: you feel like the dust has settled on that like I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, probably specific situations, but yeah, people like you've kept yeah, in touch overall, with a lot I of those people. It's not like, see you later. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll never talk to you again. Like, yeah, <laughs> kept no. in touch. And no, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know. I've always had a real sort of love for threadless and what you guys have done because it was such a big part of my life early on and i know a lot of other designers you know again it was this platform for you to come and put your work and have it seen and then there was this like icing on the cake of oh it also might get made and so i just know how important it's been to people like myself who at one point i was 18 and i saw this place that would accept me exactly where i was instead of being like hey get good enough and then we'll check it out it's like no wherever you're at come and 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 we'll see and it'll be judged on by your peers and hopefully you can grow and get better from that um and all the way up to just seeing how big you guys have gotten now i mean you're in this huge facility now and it's just i i don't know i i appreciate your candor talking about something as difficult as that um as well as running this company that has to maintain the creativity that it does and all that stuff it's just been really cool to watch all the way down to like the covers of the magazine stuff or the wall, like any of the news, like just the, all the accolades right. that you guys have really earned it. And, um, it's Thanks. just been awesome to watch the growth of it. And, you know, hopefully you feel like, you know, that's a bad, it a frustrating way to start the year, like <laughs> having to let people go, but like also knowing that like you've, you know, that's a business thing and you've at the, in the, at the same time, like you've given a lot of people, a lot of life and encouragement through Threadless and having these platforms. So, yeah thanks i appreciate that i
1: mean it's like i try to be as open as i possibly can about everything because i don't want to just like especially in in our business where we're working with this amazing artist community Mm -hmm. and like i don't want to just be doing a bunch of stuff behind the curtain right right. like i try to share what we're going through as much as i can
0: yeah i mean i thought it was really great how transparent you were um, about when you had to do that and i just thought like that sucks but like I get it, you know, it's not always like jobs for everybody all the time like no, you have yeah. to make decisions that suck and um but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like things usually happen for the best and it sounds like you guys are you kind know, of moving on from that and and everything. So, um but on a on a brighter note, um, you know, again, you guys just launched the Type-T's thing. Do you have any other things that you want to talk about for this year or stuff yeah, that you're I kind mean, of particularly excited about at the moment? I that's mean, the one
1: thing is, like, I've by clearing up, you know, space to um, really think about things mm-hmm. on our platform, like, the features that we're rolling out right now yeah. are super exciting. Yeah. Like, we we just um, we launched a Threadless app, too, not just the Type-T's app. Um, and with that, we built like this API on our back end that mm-hmm. allows us to expand what's happening on threadless. So we redid the scoring feed on the site too, okay. where it's this like, um, it's kind of rather than, cause if we had 1500 designs mm-hmm. every week, it's very difficult to ask people to score all of those, right? right? Yeah. Like not many people are going to do that. Right. Yeah. So we redid the whole scoring system to be kind of. I, kind of taking a cue from Reddit mm-hmm. where when you first go to it, you see like a front page of the best stuff. Uh-huh. And then if you want to, you can go in and see stuff, stuff that's rising as, as scored. Okay. By, um, and I think it's based on just like a two day period. Okay. So, and then you can go into the rising section, which mm-hmm. is like best scored based on like a two hour period. Okay. So it's and stuff then,
0: that's hot, like right now or whatever. Right, yeah.
1: And then you can go into the new section and just see the fire hose of everything. Mm-hmm. But, when you, if your first experience is you come into the score section you see really great stuff that's inspiring and stuff i think you're more inclined to like right. participate there yeah. yeah so that's fun it was fun to build mm-hmm. um and, and that's that,
0: but that's through the app like that's on the it's
1: both on the app and the desktop okay and we've also been building like everything that we're building we're making responsive so it mm-hmm. works on all devices and yeah. stuff which is fun
0: mm-hmm. but we it's crazy to think about scaling a business the size of Threadless that has so much content in it. Like, oh man, and it's, it's 14 years old. Like yeah, the data, yeah.
1: the platform that we have is so old. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to so mention
0: like the archive of stuff, let alone the new stuff that gets submitted every day. Like, that's
1: yeah, we have to make like, the thing work for designs that were submitted right. in 2003. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: What's the? Um, this is like a question I should have asked earlier on. Um, what's been the payouts by the way? Like over the years, what did it start as? So it started like as merch credit up to now.
1: It started as a free t shirt. Uh huh. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then it was like fifty bucks. And yeah, I think I got bucks. a free t
0: shirt and fifty bucks for my <laughs> first <laughs> one, something like that. Yeah.
1: And then it was like we went from 250, 500, 1, 000, two fifty, five hundred, a thousand, two thousand. Okay. And then just recently we switched to a pure royalty model. Oh, wow. Okay. So you earn 20% of profits. Okay.
0: So, and, the, and you don't just get a flat, if yours wins, you don't get money like right off the bat. It's based Well, on the there are some people that get
1: money right off the bat. If, uh-huh. So we still do with the loves design yeah. challenges, the grand, there'll be grand prize winners. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, that get paid a upfront fee, but not everybody gets upfront. Okay. Um, and we are going to, with a new feature we're rolling out in about two months, mm-hmm. um, bring back some more upfront pricing that okay. uh, like basically if you can reach a certain amount of sales in a certain period, then you will get an additional chunk of cash. Okay. Um, but the, the, one of the issues is like, you know, somebody has been paid 500 bucks back in 2004 and their design is like our best selling design that we've ever produced. Yeah. And, it's just not fair. I don't think. Like yeah. the, I think we're much more comfortable paying artists based on how well their design sure. so, sells over time. So it's more performance
0: time. based than like, hey, everybody gets the same thing. It's like, well, if your shirt just kills it over a period of time, like you continue to, right? You continue to benefit from that. Has have you has that? Um, has, do you feel like the artists, especially the ones that are very active on the site and seem to be very successful, have they embraced that? Has that been a good model for them? Like, There's
1: been mixed opinions, you know, okay. I think, um, it's going to, well, when you look at the total dollar amount that gets paid out during the, uh, with the grand prize mm-hmm. versus the royalty model, yeah. we'll actually be paying a little bit more under mm-hmm. royalties in total. Yeah. So it's only been out for about three weeks now, this mm-hmm. new change. So, uh... Well, and the other piece of it, though, is we're giving all rights back to our artists, so oh, wow, they'll okay. be able to. That's, that's
0: pretty big because at first yeah. it wasn't that way.
1: Yeah. So when submitting, you can still do yeah. whatever else you you want with the design. Too. So for
0: anybody listening who would think like, I want to try out Threadless or whatever, I mean, because I feel like anybody listening is already familiar with it, but um, wh- I feel like what you guys have looked for over the years has been style, yes, but like concepts are so important to Threadless shirts. Like you guys mm. like things that are conceptual and clever, um, and right. the style seems to be a little bit secondary. Um, and that's ranged from stuff that's like sort of, you know, jokes, sort of like funny things, right. to really beautiful shirts that when you look at it, it's like, oh my God, like that shirt, it has this dimension to it that like the yeah. negative space works in this incredible way and it's all black, but then it's printed in a way where the black looks like part yeah. of the shirt or whatever do you think i mean is that right i mean you guys kind of geared it towards more clever than like yeah i mean i think visual
1: yeah stuff that has kind of a concept behind it mm-hmm. tends to do well because people i think in wearing a shirt want to they're like trying to say something about themselves and mm-hmm. make a statement with it um but also what controversial yeah i guess this one is like <laughs> I'm a fun guy
0: that's an old <laughs> you know, one right That you're this wearing is right ross now?
1: designed this yeah, this is an old one that was. Um, it was originally submitted differently than is. This is like a custom treatment of, yeah, a, of a design. Yeah, it's like yeah. A pandemonium. Yeah. is the name of the design. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like know, a panda batting around a tank.
0: Yeah, I always have to remember that. There's people who are listening aren't here to see. You. Right. I mean, a, yeah. like the last one i interviewed uh, justin thomas k and i got towards the end and i was just asking him a handful of random questions and i was like what's your favorite album cover and he said the album and i was like okay was like, <laughs> yeah. this is a really terrible question for radio <laughs> for a podcast because i mean unless you go google yeah. it it's yeah or it's something that everyone already knows but it wasn't i was like i've never even heard of this specific album before i was like okay cool so uh, like, yeah i yeah, actually
1: remember i think it was you guys were talking about like magazine covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was
0: like I, favorite magazine covers. He's like, I don't,
1: I had to Google one I, and I looked it up, but yeah. It was
0: pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've definitely learned a lot over the courses. You're the 15th episode I've done now and it's been an interesting learning process, but it's, it's fun every time and it's different every time. And it's always cool to hear kind of what people have to say. And, and you're definitely one of the more different types of stories. Cause it's not just like straight artists. So let me mm-hmm. ask you about that more like kind of a fun random question here. Do you consider yourself an artist or a designer?
1: Well, I consider myself more of a designer than an artist, but I did, I mean, when I was in high school, I wrote a lot of graffiti Yeah, (laughs) and that's what, that's the Ska name, right? Well, yeah, Ska, that's not what I wrote illegally.
0: Okay. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, Can you, will you say what you wrote illegally or is that still out there on some trains, like driving around? (laughs) um, Yeah, I can say (laughs) it
1: was Ogniza, O-G-N-I-Z-A. Okay.
0: Um, You did that stuff in Chicago or did you head over to Indiana for that? (laughs) <laughs> uh that
1: was in indiana okay but, yeah because <laughs> i grew up mostly in indiana okay and, yeah. but um it, i got that word from it was it's so cheesy like the word cognizant mm-hmm. like to be aware okay Cognizant inside there but then there was that concrete company called ozinga oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i was yeah. like i can't have this name anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> it looks like ozinga going around doing graffiti right. which is
1: super weird uh, well it's funny because it's on concrete i guess it kind of works
0: yeah but do you feel uh, cr- generally creatively fulfilled now in the same way you did when you started this? Because you're doing well, this more like, or
1: what's fun. Like, I, I mean, I got real into like layout more so than art, like uh-huh. web design and yeah. stuff like that. And then I switched, I started learning about the code behind it mm-hmm. and I started getting more into that. And now like, I definitely get my creative fix through coding yeah. more than anything else.
0: Yeah, But it feels like, which to the mind of more of an artist type is like puzzling because i'm like oh man that sounds like homework but like yeah that's not what i do so i you know i can appreciate it
1: but i see it as design because i feel like i'm like i'm designing a system or Uh an experience or something like and what i like about coding too is you're like designing something that something else can happen within Mm -hmm. and become like a bigger thing than itself Uh like creating platforms for things to happen on right yeah is really fun yeah
0: yeah and well i think that's great because then you kind of can't really plan for what is going to come of it. Like, I'm sure um, beyond the obvious things, the business side of Threadless, like simply what people have submitted or how they've looked at t-shirts has been something that surprises you in and of itself, which is awesome, too. And you just provided that platform and then let people kind of run with it. Yeah,
1: it's I mean, and I still code on the site all the time. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, Cool. Um, Well, uh, I don't know if there's any other thing. You kind of talked a little bit about stuff that you have coming out soon, but um, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that's all I got. So cool. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, glad to do this. And, uh, if you're ever in Chicago, do you guys welcome people to just come check out? Yeah. Our this space?
1: headquarters are open to the public, which so. is over in the West loop. Yeah. It's yeah. 1260 West Madison. Mm-hmm. So come by.
0: Yeah. And it's an amazing space. It's really cool. And, uh, it's very conducive to just walking in and looking around and being like, I don't know, I was just in the neighborhood. I want to see it. So yeah. Yeah. Go if you just stop
1: out. in and we have the huge atrium, that's like um, maybe, uh, 10,000 square feet or so mm-hmm. that you can just hang out in Yeah, buy, you can buy shirts from our, we have like a couple computers you can use there and just yeah. pick up the shirts for, without paying shipping cool. and stuff.
0: But. I read uh, one, some interview I was looking at, um, with you before we did this interview was, um, someone had, had come there to interview. I don't know if it was business insider or something, but it started with kind of describing your sort of laid back attitude and just mm-hmm. demeanor and stuff. And it was like, I walked into this massive threadless room, you know, entrance room, and there's this huge mural on the wall. And Jake kind of nonchalantly like was like, we do some stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we were like, I'm so awkward. Yeah, in like right? a tour. I'm just walking
1: around like, yeah, some stuff. Happens. People are so <laughs>
0: fascinated with it. And you kind of maintain this sort of level headedness. And I think that's really intriguing to people because you don't come across like the type that people would think it was like CEO of this big company. And you've always maintained very much this consistent very you know, just humble, easy to talk to personality, which I think is off putting for someone who goes in, I don't mean (laughs) off putting in a bad way, like a, rather it takes them aback a little bit when they're expecting like this different attitude. And you're like, yeah, we do. Here's where the shirts are. And it's like, Holy crap. (laughs) Anyways, definitely go check out the Threadless uh, space. If you're in Chicago and uh, Jake, Thanks a lot man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate See it. You around. Good.